When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is SEN's NBL Show with Braden Hesselhurst. Now Quals turned it over, straight in the path of Scott Sobey, pulls up from the foul line, nothing but net. A show built for Australian basketball fans. Yes, welcome back to another edition of the NBL Show on SEN Queensland. Thanks to our partners at the Karina Leagues Club. Visit karinaleagues.com.au. And we've just got two rounds left in the 2023-24 regular season of the NBL and technically nine out of 10 teams are still in the hunt for the postseason. Although Cairns and Adelaide are really hanging on by a thread at the moment. Realistically, it's the fight for positions four to six that will headline the finish to this regular season. And to talk about it because we've got Adelaide coming to town for our coverage on SENQ on Friday night, when they take on the Brisbane bullets at Nissan arena, we've got the greatest journalist to cover basketball in this country. Body Nodge body. Welcome to the NBL show. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I know you're an Adelaide person um, through and through, mate, covering the the league or the league-wide in general, but in particular uh, Adelaide basketball and the Adelaide 36ers for a very long time. But I wanted to start in Queensland with the Brisbane Bullets. You obviously have knowledge uh, of the league uh, in general. The coach of the Brisbane Bullets, Justin Schuller, his first year in the league, uh, he's obviously been down in Adelaide and, and come from Adelaide. What have you seen yep. in him in his first year and, and what he's been able to do with this Brisbane Bullets team to try and turn this uh, club around? I, I think he's done a marvellous job and, and far better than I anticipated. Um, and that's no knock on him. I just thought he's going into a difficult situation where you've got two alpha males in Nathan Sobey and Aaron Baines. And, you know, as a, as a rookie coach at this level, that was going to be a challenge. But if you look, he, he did a lot of work with juniors in South Australia and then had a similar position in Tasmania before joining Dean Vickerman's staff at um, at Melbourne United, where he's part of the championship. So he's, he's very much now, I would say, a... Vickerman clone, and I mean that in a, in a good way, because <laughs> yeah. um, you know, he he wants defense to be a priority. I don't think that always is in Brisbane. I think sometimes they simply try to outscore the opposition. So I, I was really kind of dubious with how he's going to handle Nathan and Aaron, quite apart from the rest of the group, because I mean, picking up Sam McDaniel and Isaac White, another two South Australians who were really waiting for their opportunity. I thought that was a really good move on his part. Bringing in Daryl McDonald as an assistant coach, brilliant. You've got Mitch Norton in there bringing the experience of the point guard role as well. And then I think Ian Stack is involved in the program at the moment as well, who, who Queensland fans in particular would remember from his time with the Townsville Crocodiles. So what he's put in place is a very good and very experienced support group. And I think the way he's handled his group has been pretty good. The criticism I have as as an observer from a long way away is I don't like his substitution pattern. 
I don't like that. I think I'm, I'm a bit old school, and I like to see a five settle and get into a groove and, and playing well with the rhythm. And I think sometimes, and he's not. He's, he's so not you're, you're in the Damon Lowry really section. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And John really does this too in Perth. You know, sometimes I just think you don't need. Sometimes it's not coaching; it's interfering. Like just let it go, let it go, let him let him get a, a groove and let him get a rhythm. And I think. It's just an observation from afar, but I think Casey Prather's finding that a little bit frustrating at the moment because I think he knows he can give that team a lot more. And if you get get him into the starters' role and get the best out of them, I think then they're in contention. What, what do you think of them going forward? Not only trying to make the playoffs this season. First of all, do you see them make them making the playoffs? Then going forward, obviously we spoke about. Uh, Justin's made defense a preference. They probably lacked a, a lot on that offensive end, but bringing in Casey Prather and 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 it's a two year deal, so they're hoping he'll be you know fit and firing um, for next year as well. What do you think of this team going into that playoff hunt and, and then going forward into next year as well? Yeah, look, I think it's very difficult to pick form at the moment of the teams that are in the hunt. I think you, you can safely, obviously, lock away Melbourne and Perth, but I think you can pretty much safely lock away Tasmania as well. So now, down the other end, I, I think that, that Adelaide and South East Melbourne and Cairns are all out of the picture. So we've basically got just a little cluster of teams, and Brisbane's one of them, with New Zealand and, and Illawarra and Sydney. There's four teams and there's three spots. So I think they're as good a chance as any of of making it. I've got my question mark at the moment is over Sydney. So I think they probably make the finals. And I thought earlier in the season when I looked at them, they had a little run early in the season where, they, where actually it was after the Baines incident against Cairns over the next few games. They, they really started to pick up as a group. And I thought then uh, if they can get a role going, they're right in it. But what I haven't liked is that when they've, been challenged by the two top teams. Yeah. You know, they got flogged by Perth, they got flogged by Melbourne and Melbourne, and they got beaten pretty handily again recently by Melbourne, whose road record at that time wasn't all that flash. So that's the bit that concerns you. Yes, they can make the playoffs, but I don't think they can go that next step this year. Yeah, and they, they uh, welcome in the Adelaide 36ers this week. Adelaide coming off that disappointing loss to Tasmania, but before that, they had won four straight and, and six out of their last seven under interim coach Scott Ninnis. What have you seen from the Adelaide 36ers, in particular Scott Ninnis? And, and we were speaking a little bit about it off air, but can you give us a bit of an insight into Scott Ninnis's journey this year into being an assistant coach, then being an interim coach, and then now potentially being their coach going forward and, and achieving some some good things to finish the season? The amazing thing about Ninnis is that everywhere he, he's been, he's been a winner. Okay, so he starts off, he's part of the 1986 Adelaide 36ers team, which is their most famous team, the one that goes 24-2, and two, and the two they lose are on the buzzer. They beat Brisbane in the, for the championship, and now that, that's that's revered as the 36ers' greatest team. He's on that. Then, he, then a little while, he goes to the SEABL and plays for the Adelaide Buffaloes. They win the championship. Then he decides he's going to go play for Brian Gorgian in Melbourne. He ends up playing on a championship team and playing a significant role as Darren Perry, another guy that's played for the Brisbane Bulls, but Darren Perry was their starting point guard at that time. He got hurt. And Scotty got elevated as starting point guard for the championship series. They win the championship. He comes back to Adelaide. He suddenly plays on the Australian team. And then he's part of the 98 championship team under Phil Smythe. Then he goes into assistant coaching with Phil Smythe. 
they win a couple of champions, couple more championships. He decides he, he probably needs to improve his own coaching a little bit. So he coaches Stuart in the state league or NBL one central as it is now. They win back to back championships in his first two years, and then he actually got the 36ers job. Had it for two years, got him to the playoffs one year. Second year was not so good. They were near the bottom, and, and that was the end of his tenure. And we probably thought that was the end of his coaching. So he was he got back into coaching with South Adelaide, which is the club he won championships with here as a player. He was sort of appointed as, as coach a couple of years ago. They won the championship naturally. That goes without saying. And so CJ Bruton, as the head coach of the 36ers, enticed him back as an assistant with the old, come on, it'll be fun. It'll be all right. It's good. So, you know, like five five weeks in and Scotty's thinking, what have I done? Why did I get involved with this? This is, this is, this is not fun. This is, And then ultimately CJ loses the job and they ask Scotty to step up as interim. And again, because he's got the club at heart and he's a 36er through and through, member of their very first championship team, and um, the only one that's connected to every championship team as a player in 86, 98, as an assistant in 99 and 2002. So he's been he's the only person that's been involved with all of their success. So he coaches a few games under sufferance, really, and then he's sort of like, you know what, this is my club and I, I think we, I think I can pull them out of this mire that they've been in for uh, essentially the better part of 20 years apart from two grand final appearances under Joey Wright. It's been a very, very lean period. So what he's done is restore some pride. I mean, he's playing, he's coaching the same players that were destined for last place and he's restored pride in that group and in, and in wanting to play for the 36ers. And I think, Brad, not it's not insignificant that they've been wearing the uniform of the 99 champions, yeah, the 25-year yeah. anniversary. And the that famous uniform, pinstripes? It's just, yeah, it just seems to bring the best out of them, out of the crowd. It's, it's so, when they go on the road and they wear white, it's, it's not quite the same. But in Adelaide, for the last three, four games in that uniform, it's kind of taken us back to, to a greater era. So it's been, it's been fantastic, actually. There's been reporting about potentially Brian Gorgian being interested or interest from the Adelaide 36ers side in him being their coach. But then this week, there's been more reports about Scott Ninnis being the front runner. Do you think he's the man to take them forward? And why do you think that? I do think he's the man. And I think he's the man because for him, coaching the Adelaide 36ers isn't just a gig. You know, like for a lot of other people, like even the past two coaches we've had in, in CJ Bruton and Connor Henry, it was, it was you know, an opportunity to coach an NBL team. It didn't matter who it was. And so they were happy to, to grab that opportunity and, and coach the Adelaide 36ers. For Scott, this is his club. This is where he's in the in his Hall of Fame. He, he's done everything with his club, and so it matters to him. And that's that's why I, I think he he is the front runner now. Look, Brian Gorgian, fantastic, our greatest ever coach. There's no disputing that. But he he turned 71 in the middle of this year. So how much is he looking to? getting at the bottom rung with a club and then rebuild them. And, and I, I don't think so. I think he's more likely to go, if he, if he said he wants to coach, he'd be more likely in Sydney. I, I, I would not be at all surprised to see him with the Sydney Kings, where I think Mahmoud Abdul-Fatah has fallen well short of their expectations. But getting back to Scotty, um, I wrote a piece recently at my website about why he's the, he's the guy and why they shouldn't take him for granted. Since that time, um, Brett Maher has come out and said he's the man for the job. Dijan Vasiljevic, who's a key player on the team, has said he's the man for the job. Scott Roth, 
on the weekend after they played and lost in Tasmania had nothing but praise for Scott Minnis. And then here in the local press, we've had Phil Smythe, our three-time championship coach, come out and say he's the man for the job. So I think the, the groundswell is really building. And I think it would be a mistake by the 36ers to think we've got Scotty for sure. Let's just leave him over here on the left in the back burner while we talk to Trevor Gleeson or while we talk to Modi Mayor. And if, if we fail, we fall back on Scott. I think that would be a, a disrespectful and an insult. I think they should appoint him sooner than later. And, and just, just quickly before we go, another great season in the NBL, but there are still plenty of things to fix going forward. If you had to fix one thing um, going forward in the NBL, what would it be? Oh, absolutely, the officiating. I think the refereeing is is abysmal. I'm sorry that, that uh, I know there's a lot of great people in the refereeing ranks doing their best, but I just think there's there seems to be no public accountability. You know, you can screw up, you can you can miss a, a goal tend, you can imagine a kicked ball, you can get a thing a ball going out of court and, and pick the wrong team for who should receive it. There's, there's mistakes made. Now, in the case of a player, when a player's making mistakes, you've played, you've coached, you know, uh, they come off, okay? And, and, and they're accountable. But with the referees, I see the same refs week in, week out, making the same errors. And I, and I think... For the NBL then to say, well, our answer to that is to have a zero tolerance policy about anybody complaining. Well, of course people are going to complain when they think they're being hard done by. That's not your answer. That's been the answer for years and years and years. And where has it got us? It's got us to the worst situation we've been in. And in a season that is as even as this one, you know, careers, careers uh, can fall on this. Coaches can lose their jobs. Now, imports can lose their spots. Players can be out of the league. So it's really important that we get it right more often than wrong. And I think this po- policy of saying, well, no, we're just going to shut up shop and say no criticism of the referees, that's wrong. Let's make them accountable so that they know that they're part of the game. They're not separate to it. That, that's that's the biggest area, I think, that that we're behind. If we're going to claim to be the number two league in the world, I reckon in that area we're definitely a number two, if you know what I mean. I think that uh, would be the main point across fans and across players and coaches across the league. But Body Nodge, great to hear from uh, the greatest journalist to cover the sport in Australia, mate. Um, Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure and look forward to doing it again sometime. Cheers. We're back. This is SEN's NBL show with Braden Hesselhurst. Sobe with some footwork in the jam with authority. A show built for Australian basketball fans. Welcome back to the NBL show again. Thanks to our partners at the Karina Leagues Club. Visit KarinaLeagues.com.au. And I just want to quickly go through the run home for the Brisbane Bullets. They currently sit in sixth position after that loss to the Illawarra Hawks on the weekend. 12 and 14. They've only got two games left. It's against Adelaide at home on Friday night. We'll have that coverage for you here on SENQ and then at New Zealand in the last round. And for me, with New Zealand still having four games in hand, Brisbane need to win both of these games because their percentage is very low. So if they're tied on the same points as another team, as an, uh, sorry, same wins as another team, then they're probably going to miss out. So they need to win both those games. And I'm tipping too because they've, Lost their last two and three out of the last four. And one thing we've said about the Brisbane Bullets throughout the season is they always bounce back from a losing streak. Who let the dogs out? And now 
it is time for Braden's Top Dogs. Yeah, and for our Top Dog of the Week, we're going somewhere to someone that has been on the radar a couple of weeks ago, and that's Illawarra Hawks import point guard, Justin Robinson. He had a massive impact in that win over the Brisbane Bullets on the weekend. Coming off the bench after Coach Justin Tatum moved him to the bench, he was a plus 20 in 26 minutes. He had 16 points, five assists, and only one turnover. And now going forward, you add that to the firepower of Gary Clark, Sam Froling, and Tyler Harvey. If he can get going, this Illawarra Hawks team is going to be very dangerous down the stretch and in the playoffs. And who's on the radar this week? Yes, and for on the radar this week, we're going to put a target on the Brisbane Bullets. They've been so good all year, and we've spoken about their competitiveness, how hard they work, and how Coach Justin Schuller and the leaders of that team have really turned the culture around. But that important game against the Illawarra Hawks on the weekend, which they ended up losing on the road, I'm going to put a, put a target on the energy of the Brisbane Bullets because I don't think for, for a game with the magnitude of the weekend's game against Illawarra Hawks, which had playoff implications, their energy and sort of effort from the start wasn't there to the normal Brisbane Bullets standard. And I thought, think they were lucky that the Illawarra Hawks couldn't get going offensively earlier in that game. Otherwise, it would have been a bit of a bigger margin. So it'd be interesting to see this week against the Adelaide 36ers back at home at Nissan Arena in front of their home fans. Can they fix that? And then also the supporting cast of the Brisbane Bullets. Yes, Nathan Sobey didn't have a great game on the weekend, but when they've got their wins, it's when everyone else has contributed. There's been multiple contributors on the offensive end, and mainly import Chris Smith. In nine of the 11 wins he's played in, he's scored in double figures. So he's a massive part of this Brisbane Bullets offense and a massive part of this team trying to get to the playoffs and do damage in the playoffs. So the energy and the supporting cast of the Brisbane Bullets is on the radar this week, and this week's game's Tip off with the New Zealand Breakers hosting the Perth Wildcats. Our game on SENQ on Friday night. The Brisbane Bullets hosting the Adelaide 36ers. The South East Melbourne Phoenix hosting Tasmania. Perth hosting Cairns. Melbourne United hosting New Zealand. And it all finishes with this, the New South Wales Derby between the Sydney Kings and the Illawarra Hawks. So that's all we have time for today. We'll see you on Friday night. Listener.